Hi, welcome to the Lemonade Stand. I'm your host, Rebecca Jeffries, and I'm glad you stopped by. Today is part two of a conversation with my dear friend, Carrie Coley Beasley. She is a professional counselor, a longtime friend, a super fun person to be around, and a mom of a specially abled kid and another beautiful kid who also is special in her way. So I just wanted to share this with you. Hope you enjoy and in honor of all the moms this week, enjoy this conversation and be uplifted by uh, having some fun with me and my friend, Carrie Coley Beasley. How do you get um, in the practice of reaching out to that support system and saying, I need help. Because even though <laughs> from time to time, there, there have been occasions where I've wanted to help someone and I felt like they lean too heavily on my help, but right. that is rare. Most of the time, my friends, especially friends that are women, but it's no exception. Men are the same way. It is very difficult to say, uh, I'm not handling this very well. I need help. Could you please take, you know, take my kid for an hour? Could you please pick this up at the store while you're there? Or whatever, whatever pra from practical requests or even just a, just the admission that you're not all right. How do you overcome that? Uh, years of counseling before I had children and a husband. Um, if I'm just being real honest, because I, I've, I've not always been a person who asks for help. I've always been a person who says, no, I'm going to do this myself. I got it. Um, crazy independent. I got this. Um, I'm going to help you and I'm going to help everybody else, but I don't need any help. Right. And, um, and then hit the bottom. I don't really know what that feels like. Like, I don't really know what you're talking about, about that, because that's never been a problem I've ever had. Oh, and uh, you, um, <laughs> you might need a fire extinguisher for your rear end, too. But um, <laughs> I can so identify with that. Like, I want to help everyone, but I do not want to admit right. I need help because I don't want it's, uh, it's all twisted up in there. You're the counselor. You know what it's all about. Right. But but I think that's you make a good point is is learning how to how to seek help whether it's professional help or just help from a friend. And sometimes they go hand in hand. And it's a balance. Like it, it truly is a balance because to be honest, I don't ask for help from all people in all things. Like I have a select few that I can really lean on and that's my inner circle, if that makes any sense. And then mm -hmm. I have like, I look at life, you know, as counselors, we look at life as a pool. You've got the people who are outside the pool under the umbrellas with the chairs, just kind of sitting there drinking their drinks. They're a part of your life. They're on the fringes, but they're not like in your world. Then you've got those people who are sitting on the edge of the pool, kind of hanging their feet in. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm. And then you've got those people who are sitting on the steps and who are in the shallow end. But then there are those people who are really in the deep end of the pool with you, you know, and when your floaties deflate, they, they loan you theirs. What about the ones that um, have their diapers um, that poop in their diapers in the pool? Right. And then yes. crawl all over you. And then um, crawl all over ones, you. Yeah. Ones that wants to hold on to you and uh, around right. your neck. Right. And, and floating and, to the top from their diaper. Right. Then and I, you know, I, I have to, kick, I kick them out of the pool. I do. <laughs> um, 
Listen, when you said a pool, uh, I kept picturing, you know, this one vacation when uh, my littlest one, you know, we were having such a great time at the pool and he, um, you know, was just swimming and having so much fun. And man, he loaded that diaper up and I started looking around the water and like something's floating around in the pool. Oh, it's coming from my kid. Well, yeah. And you know, you know, uh, well, this, this, we need to stop talking about poopy diapers. Let's get back on track. Anyway. anyway okay. Yeah, so there's people saying. in the deep end with you in the pool. And yes, I understand what you're saying about that. The people who, who can rescue you when who you're can drowning rescue and who me. may and even be close enough to be aware that you're drowning. Right. And, and there are people that would call, would say that I'm in the deep end of their pool and, and I'm okay with that when really I'm standing on really solid ground so that when they do try to hang on to me and drown me, I'm standing up. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yes. <laughs> I am standing up and I can push you off of me and knock you out if I have to. But but it's those people that are in the deep end of the pool that that I kind of draw on that um that can that let me be needy but then mm-hmm. bring me back to reality, you know, that say, No, you can do this. Um, yeah, I'm right here behind you, but no, you can do this. And you know, and that's incredibly helpful. Um, that, and then honestly, just that, just that knowing of we don't walk alone. We don't walk this road right. alone. And, <clears throat> and from a spiritual standpoint. Um, sure. And you know, one thing that helps me is it's very, I have a, a friend, my friend Karen, that will often say to me, and I'll say it right back to her because sometimes she needs to hear it too is, you know, like I'll be apologizing for something about myself or whatever. And she'll say either don't talk about my friend that way. Right. Or she'll say, now, would you, would you expect that of me? And I would say, well, no, of course not. Well, then why are you doing this to yourself? If you wouldn't do it to me, why are you doing this to yourself? But she will often call me on the carpet about that kind of stuff. Well, and we all because have we days. do that to ourselves. We yeah, and we all things have of those... ourselves that we would never treat other people. Right, and we all have those days of the bad mom club. Like we feel like we're the most worst mom on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, I am the worst mother on the planet. You know, I didn't do this or I didn't do that. Or we we feel like we're failing as mothers, and um, especially mothers. And this is a whole other podcast, by the way. But mothers who work who are full time who work full time, and and are and our mothers all at the same time, you know, we take on a, a level of guilt that, that is just unimaginable because, you know, we need to be in two places at one time. And, but for me, when it comes to my kids and when it comes to my, my family, I mean, my husband's a rock star. Um, he, he, I married Sheldon with Jesus, like Sheldon off the big bang theory. I married <laughs> Sheldon with Jesus. And so he's got his little perks too, but he's super smart. And sometimes I don't understand, understand what he's saying and that's okay. And I'm sarcastic and he doesn't get that either. And, and, but yet he levels me out. And so, but he's a rock star in that he's the best daddy on the planet. And, um, like he, he rocks the daddy role. And, and so that helps as well. Just having that you know, and when he's out of town, I miss that, you know, I think the Lord gives me those moments of him, of him being out of town as a gratitude check to go, I know he drives you nuts, and I know he gets mm-hmm. on your nerves, and, and you want to kill him, but this is what it's like if he's not here, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, my life works a whole lot better with him here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my kids' lives work a whole lot better with him here, 
you know, even if he does drive me nuts. And so it, it's that thing as well. But it's a day, it's a day by day thing, you know, and then you have, you know, you have, you have Jackson who is so emotionally driven and so, so emotionally high strung. And then you have Addison, who's the boss. Yeah. She's born the boss. Um, literally, quite literally born the boss. And so and she's just looking for a moment to take charge. And, and I often threaten to sell her to the gypsies. And <laughs> somebody asked me the other day, they're like, we hear you say that all the time. Why the gypsies? And I said, well, number one, they're, they're fun and sparkly. she'd have a good time and she's fun and sparkly and so and and so that's and that's why I say that you know it's because she's my fun sparkly kid who who is um who's a who mothers him um to the point of him saying you know quit telling me what to do but she mothers him and she takes care of him and so um I ask a friend of mine who has a special needs daughter and um she has another little girl who is um younger than Emery and I asked her one day, I was like, how do you do it? Because Jackson seems to take up so much of my time. How do you do it? Because I feel like I'm shortchanging Addison. And she says, uh-uh, God created Addison, and they have the same DNA, and so they get it. They get yeah. They get the needs of others. And, 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 and it bounces back and forth now. You know, now I feel like I don't get to give Jackson enough attention because Addison is at that age to where she just only wants mommy and soaks up every inch of my time and every inch of space that I have. You know, she uh-huh. sucks up all my air. She's, she's a little bit like her mama. Like she walks in the room and sucks all the air out of the room, you know, <laughs> and, and I get that and I can sympathize with that. I understand that, you know, and so, um, it's a gift that we just have, but, um, but it's one of those things to where you have, it's a balancing act. It's right. all just a balancing act. It is. Some, some days you drop like plate, some days you don't. I, t- I like to approach it over the years as a mom. Um, I like, I, I've, I've started to move away from the idea of juggling, um, and more, or balancing, I guess, you know, I've spinning plates and more to the idea of a rhythm. Like I, I felt like balancing it all when I picture now, you know, well, you know, my mind can, you know, my mind anyway. So, okay. So 17 years, you, you've heard a thing or two come out of my head. So right. If you could go with me, I have a hard time picturing myself spinning plates or juggling or or trying to keep everything balanced. That feels like it's on my shoulders all at once. But when I think about rhythm, then when I think about going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next in a regular rhythm so that I know in my heart I'm at rest because I can come back to that thing. And I will come back to that thing when it, you know, when that rhythm comes around again, it helps me as a mom to think about things that way, because I can really identify with what you were saying, because my kids are so far apart in age. I felt like, you know, my older ones sometimes take take the short end of the stick because the little one needs more attention. And, and then sometimes, you know, like right now it's Levi's senior year. So I've missed a couple of Caleb's baseball games because there are senior activities happening like for the last time. And so, right. I'm, and I'm not able to be in both places. So 
I've learned over the years to approach it sort of as a rhythm uh, in, in getting from one thing to the next in a regular rhythm, because I feel like I can do that and it doesn't involve me balancing all things at one time. Now, does it sometimes look like Lucy and Ethel with that conveyor belt going by? Yes. Yeah. And, and you're talking about a rhythm and I'm wishing I could get in a rhythm. I still feel like I'm hurting cats. You know? <laughs> like I get one rounded up and I'm chasing another one. I'm getting, you know, and it's like, I, you know, no, uh, uh-uh, you know, and, but I get that rhythm and there are areas of my life that are in rhythm you know, and, yeah. and they, and they bounce back and forth. Like it, and here's the deal. If I'm okay, is it, if at least one part of my life is in order, like if my work life is going smooth, but everything at home is crashing around, I'm okay because I can go to work and everything's running smooth. Or if things are crashing at work and, but everything at home for right now is running smooth, then, then, then I'm okay. Does that yes. make sense? It's yes. those moments where nothing's going right. Well, I think, that- you know, everybody's been sold a lie that all of it is supposed to go right at the same time. And my Girl, friend, no. here's my friend Mm-mm. Karen again. She, uh, she's like, uh, I call her the woman scout leader because she, um, she's got so much good and practical advice for me, but she, she'll say, she calls it selective neglect because reality is it's not realistic on the day of a big job interview to expect that you're going to make French toast for breakfast and, um, you know, no. dress your children, French braid your daughter's hair and all that stuff. It's not, there's sometimes some things get neglected in favor of other things and other times the opposite happens. And the, you know, like you were saying, sometimes work gets neglected in favor of family. Sometimes family gets neglected in favor of work. And, and as long as it comes back around and I, that's what I think I, that's why I think I take comfort in the idea of rhythm, because as long as it comes back around where we start ending up having problems is when we neglect family for work all of the time, or we neglect work for family all of the time, or, you know, we neglect you know, our, our husband to go out with our friends all of the time. That's, um, that's what's, that's when it begins to be a problem. But realistically, you can never give 100% of yourself to, uh, to anything at one, to more than one thing at one time. And I, I remember years ago being so frustrated with myself. You're going to laugh at me, Carrie, because I thought this is so dumb now that I look back on it, but I, I would, say to myself, I just feel so frustrated. I feel like I can't give a hundred percent to anything because I'm trying to do, I'm trying to be a good mom. I'm trying to be a good wife. I'm trying to be a good Christian. I'm trying to be a good friend. I'm trying to be a good everything, good writer, good speaker, good, all these things. And I feel like I'm, I'm not doing a good job at anything because I can't give a hundred percent to anything. Well, duh. I mean, I've never been good at math, but you can't give a hundred percent to more than one thing you You, it it doesn't work that way you know and and you funny you say that because right now you know i'm thinking about this morning i sent my kid out the door jackson wanted cookies and cream ice cream so he ate cookies and cream ice cream on the way to school and and addison ate cheese it's oh thanks be to god i'm so glad i'm the only not the only one it's okay And, and i'm sitting in my bedroom right now and i'm looking at three maybe four baskets of laundry that haven't hasn't been folded in like a week but you know what two weeks ago all my laundry was done yeah and you know what and it's okay it's okay that all my laundry is not done right now eventually it will get done but what has gotten done this week you know right. and, you know what what has gotten done this week and 
and that needed to be done. You know, it's okay. My kids ate McDonald's for dinner tonight. I don't even care. They ate. And when you have right. a kid like Jackson, he eats. I don't care what he eats. I think the most right. freeing thing my pediatrician ever said to me was, I don't care what he eats as long as he eats. Right. So many kids on the spectrum suffer with not being able to consume yeah. enough food. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. He's it's able like, to eat. I, Thank I don't God. Care yeah, it's what he eats. If he wants to, you know, because it's all about calories for Jackson, you know, because mm-hmm. he, we call them eating days. Some days he eats, then he may go through three days and just nibble. That's okay. You ain't got to worry about that with Addison. Mm-mm, she's a little like her mom. <laughs> she don't eat whatever it is, you know, but, <laughs> and give that girl a cookie. Cause that girl is all about her cookie. And so, <laughs> you know, or some I don't chocolate. Know where she gets that. She, I don't know either, but that child, she is three years old and it's already about like, if she's having a bad day, she just wants some chocolate. You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Help Lord, her, Lord. and as much as Jackson is all boy, she is all girl. And so I love like, it. And if this is a preview of what 13 is going to be, one or both of us may not make it. <laughs> and that's okay. to me. I've already made it to 23 with a girl. Well, and so I know that this, it, this will, this will, you will get to the other side. I'm telling you, I'm, you I threaten to send her to her Annie M all the time. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> I, you're going, you're getting a box overnight. It's going to have holes in it and she's going to be wiggling and screaming, <laughs> but just know it's Addison and just take her, you know? Right. Well, you know what? So I know we'll get there. Talk about a little bit as a, as a professional counselor, how do you help your clients and, and apply it to yourself? to I have overcome guilt. I have a counselor. I mean, I, honestly, I can't counsel myself. I've tried that. Um, tried that for years. Like, okay, I'm just going to take what I know. It's like Dr. Heal thyself and apply it to what I yeah, know. Yeah, and apply it. And, and, and okay, no, no so I'm going. hearing you say reach out for, reach out for reach help. Out. Yeah. And what so else can, can we do to, to self our guilt in check? Like say, say I'm struggling with mom guilt. Like we've been, we spent the last few minutes talking about mom guilt. Right. So it must, it must be a hot button. It, so, it, it, hot button. <laughs> oh, it isn't. Yeah. And I think self care is a big thing. Like I notice I struggle with mom guilt when I'm super tired. Like mm-hmm. if I am just exhausted and spent, like I have nothing left to give. That's when my guilt meter is pinging out you know because I'm not myself and I'm not okay with me you know and so I've just learned that you know sometimes a really good nap helps with that or I need to unload what's going on and I just have to find out why I'm because oftentimes we're guilty about something that we're really and that's really not the root cause of that it's a symptom you know, it's the mm-hmm. fever that goes along with the flu, but it's not what the illness is. Right. And so, you know, and just finding people that I can talk through, okay, this is what I'm feeling. And, and them asking the right questions to go, oh, this really has nothing to do with my kids and right. everything to do with expectations that I put on myself. Sure. And, what's underneath um, that? Like if we dig down a little bit, if I, what's yeah, underneath? And, and, and dig underneath, you know, what's the layers under that and, and just seeing that, but also just um, being willing to sit in that guilt and go, I don't feel good about the mom I am right now. I don't feel, and sometimes that guilt is warranted, you know, because there well, are days yes. that, what I was thinking about, I'm like, talk about that because I think there's a difference between guilt and remorse. Remorse. And sometimes as a mom, I 
think I felt remorse. Like I treated my children unkindly or I said right. something I shouldn't right. have said. And that's remorse. And it's justified. That is my absolutely. Heart. And, and, and the, and God's voice trying to tell me you've, you've misstepped here and you need to go to this child or your spouse or whoever and say, I shouldn't have done this and ask, you know, ask for their forgiveness and let it be a teaching moment for you and your child. And so sometimes there's remorse for something that I've really done wrong. And then sometimes there's guilt that's totally not warranted, like unrealistic stuff, like me trying to give more than a hundred percent of my, like a hundred percent to more than one thing. You cannot, the math doesn't work Yeah. Out. Like, yeah. Like it the ice cream thing, not you know, it'd been real easy. Yeah. You know, oh, I feel so guilty. Like I'm learning not to be embarrassed about the behavior of another individual. That's always been a big thing for me. Like, well, so I've, I've learned that. So that's an unrealistic, I've always felt guilty if someone I loved treated someone else unkindly. And I felt guilty about that, but I don't have control over the behavior of another person. So that's unreasonable yeah. guilt versus remorse. So talk about how do you identify, how do you tell the difference? I know it's hard for anybody to imagine, but I'm a yeller. Like, no. I yell. yeah, like I yell, like I know I yell in my tone. I have tone. I know all these things about me. And so, um, and so that's one of those things that, you know, like last night, Jackson and I had, had a really bad night with just whatever. And I, I had um, corrected him and I corrected the things that needed to be corrected. But, um, but I did it in a way that was like, I was a little too, like my tone was too much, was too over the top. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And like, like it was warranted the first 10 minutes, but then mommy needed to back off and let it go. And I didn't. And so before he went to bed last night, I told him, I said, buddy, I was like, yell at him and say, and mommy, sorry, she yelled at you. I know that that doesn't help you, you know? And so those are those things that I have to do is just really, really, really um, watch my tone and watch. But it's that nagging. There, there's a difference in that. It's like conviction and condemnation. God never, God may convict. Conviction is lifting up where condemnation is shoving down. And so unwarranted and guilt that I put on myself and expectations that I put on myself are totally weighing me down and pushing me down. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Whereas when it's a remorse thing and something that I know I need to apologize for, it's one of those things that it uplifts me when I do it. Well, and also what, what one thing that just occurred to me while you were talking is that remorse sometimes, I mean, like say we feel remorse over a mistake we made as a mom, like snapping at the kids or whatever. Um, and we feel remorse about that, but you can ask forgiveness and repair that. And it's within your control to do something about it. And, um, I think guilt, unreasonable guilt, especially comes from often with me from things outside my control. And I begin to take ownership of things I had no control of in the first place and feel right. guilty about them, even though, I really cannot do anything about it. And that's like, the thing is I have I to ask the past year of COVID, like the stuff our kids have been through of COVID. Okay. I didn't bring any of that on. And, and yet it's hard not to feel guilty for what my kids have had to go through. Right. And I think it's okay to feel bad and it's okay to feel sad because we're all grieving things that we've lost in the last year and a half. 
it, there's a difference in grieving the loss of things and, and feeling like you're responsible for it. And so like, I am not responsible for the way that other people treat my child. I am responsible for how my child treats them and how I uplift him and how I edify him in light of that. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes perfect sense. And so that's my responsibility. Is it my responsibility to feed my children breakfast? Absolutely. Do I feel guilty anymore for ice cream and cheeses? Heavens no, because you know what? They ate. But you know what? On Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings, our daddy cooks breakfast. Eggs, pancakes. I mean, he does breakfast right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so that's not my gift. That's not my thing. Now, I can jam up lunch. I can jam up dinner. But if you want me to do something early in the morning, like productive, other than get you out the door, I'm not your girl. (laughs) That's not me. Right. and And I think the older we get, the healthier we get, which goes back to that reaching out for help and being willing to process your junk with other people. And, and the more we know ourselves, then mm-hmm. the more we give ourselves a little grace because we know what we're good at and what we're not good at. Yes. I, th- it's, it, I think it's important to, uh, to recognize that there are there, we can't be good at everything and, and appreciate the other people who can fill in where we fall short. And also you just said something that really clicked with me as we get older and we get better, healthier, healthier, not everyone gets healthier as they get older. No, and that that should be, it should be. So that's something I think as women, as men, as adults um, growing in the world and we are continuing to grow, hopefully, um, we should be getting healthier as we get older, more mature. And, and so I, I think if you're feeling bad, check in with yourself and see, am I growing? Am I getting healthier? Am I getting more? Am I learning from my experiences on this earth in this world? And the more of them that stack up, the more I should be learning. And so many times I think I've, I've spent unrealistic amounts of time wallowing in guilt or, or what ifs instead of getting healthier as I've gotten older. You know, I tell people all the time who are dealing with grief and dealing with really hard things is that um, number one, we have to feel those things to heal from those things. Mm -hmm. We can't just think our way through it um, because if we're just thinking our way through it, then we're really not feeling it. And if you can't feel the pain of hurt, then you really can never feel the joy and the happiness that comes with life. That's true. Because it comes from the same place. And so, and so for me, I tell people, it's okay to sit in your pain. It's okay to sit in that grief. It's okay to wallow. You just can't get stuck. Right. You can't get stuck. And so I tell people all the time, like, especially in their beginning grief journey, like if they've really lost someone in the beginning of that grief journey, let's set a timer. You know, if you're feeling bad about thinking about it too much, then, hey, let's set a timer. And I'm going to give myself 20 minutes and I'm really going to wallow in this and I'm going to cry and I'm going to write my journal and I'm going to fuss. And I used to do that. Remember, I know and to go to celebrate recovery on Friday nights. And that was my time to cry when I was going through my 
divorce, my first divorce and was my children were small and I was, what am I going to do? I had, I was just devastated and that, but I felt like I could not, not show up for my kids. So when am I going to process this? So right. I would take them to child care at this, at the church at celebrate recovery. And I'd go up to celebrate recovery. Everybody in there got problems. So nobody cared if I cried the whole time. And I, that was my time. I set aside Friday night, celebrate recovery to process and grieve and everybody got used to it. They just handed over to tissues and just let me cry. And it was fine. It was great. It was good for me. And I think the other thing is, 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 is for, is for some women, it's easy to set aside that time. And the crying part is easy, you know, Mm -hmm. but for some of us, it's not. And because we're so compartmentalized because we, because we don't have pain just from yesterday or from last week, we have pain from 20, 30, 40 years ago. Oh, sure. And it's and, like opening a Tupperware cabinet and you just, quit yeah. And everything just falls out on top of you. Right. And I know. So I like, personally don't have those kinds of cabinets, Ooh. but yeah, I, man, um, I got them all over the place, but uh, you know, I'm just kidding. It, you know, all my cabinets. I know. Practically and every like now that. and then I think every now and then I think it's so straight, but if I pull the wrong lid, right. If I pull the wrong lid, down. it's all coming down. It's like like if I pull the wrong piece, it's all coming down. And so, (laughs) yes, you you want to pull your emotional table size Jenga. It is the new life size Jenga that is going (laughs) to knock you out when it comes crashing down. And so it's like, we carry why you got them stitches. Well, I knocked over my Jenga. Well, I knocked over my Jenga pieces. (laughs) I pulled the wrong piece. And so, so Carrie, you know, it, we, uh, I told you we would end up with I a two bar and we have, and, and that's great. That's great. But one thing before we wrap up, I want you to do is talk to moms of kids with special needs. If you could tell them a couple minutes worth of things that you've learned along the way, what would you say to a mom that's trying to, to survive with a kid on the spectrum or a kid with a special need of some kind. It's not your fault is the one thing. Um, it's not your fault. Um, you did nothing wrong. Um, this is just this, the, it just is. And um, reach out for help. Um, embrace the good things um, and grieve the bad things. Um, and never, ever, ever, ever think that they're less than um but that they are who they are and they are special in ways that you can't even imagine and just because they may not be playing baseball like every other kid or um be the life of the party or be the best student or whatever else they are who they are and they are great at that piece of them and they're great at that and so um but the biggest thing is I think is just knowing that the way we treat them and the way we love them and the way that we empower them also empowers us and so that's what we do is we go forth and we empower and we conquer the world together um one step at a time you know, I didn't think about that, but you've got a great point. When you say Jackson has superpowers, that makes you the mother of a child with superpowers. That's right. And so it's that that really flips things over. You don't have a child with limitations. You have a child that has extraordinary 
gifts and extraordinary things about his personality. And that makes you the mother of someone extraordinary, which is a totally different way of looking at things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not easy. And there's could be a mom out there that says, yeah, but your kid's not, your kid's verbal. My kid's not even verbal or your kid, um, can walk. Mine can't even walk. And the thing is, it's like, you're right. I'm, I am blessed every day with the abilities that he has, but I also know that, that God never, ever said we walk this alone. Mm -hmm. And he gave you that baby for such a time as this verbal, nonverbal running, not running, seeing, hearing, deaf or blind. That baby is yours. And God created that baby just for you in their own special way. And they do have superpowers and they are special and they are not a mistake. God created them on purpose for a purpose. Sure. Even the superpower to get people's attention, to soften people's hearts, to make people stop and think when they wouldn't stop and think otherwise, you know, that's what special kids do. And I I mean, it's a, it's a special gift. I I don't want to use the word special too many times because I'm aggravating my own self by saying it so many times. Um, But it is, it's, it's extraordinary to think about when someone is struggling with a, a problem or a different ability and overcomes or finds ways to live life in spite of it. And I see this all the time in my work with older people who many times lose their vision, lose their hearing, and they're trying to navigate the world in a way that that the rest of us take for granted. They're trying to overcome challenges and they, they constantly give a gift to the world because they make people stop and think, stop and smell the roses, stop and go, wow, thank God for my hearing. Thank God for my sight. Or if that person can do it, then maybe I don't have any excuse not to get up off my butt and do it. So it, it's just so many beautiful gifts that, that we all have to bring to the table, even though we differ in our levels of ability. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank Karen you. Coley Beasley. I can't believe we have finally, I can't believe it took us this long. Number one. I know. Right. But number two, this has been so much fun. And I want I y'all to know if you are listening that I did not give Carrie one, not stitch one opportunity care for this whatsoever she did not know what i was going to ask <laughs> completely her blind what the topic was going to be about she just got a text from an old friend that said hey you want to record a podcast with me and she said sure what time and i said this time okay you calling me okay and we just uh it's so fun to have people in my life that i can pick up with like no time has gone by and you're one of those people and I'm thankful super thankful for you it felt a little bit like we might have been sitting at the bakery the only thing we're missing is the muffaladas exactly and a diet coke maybe some cookie dough and a sweet tea oh yeah cookie dough one day I'll tell the story behind our cookie dough but that's for another podcast (laughs) another time another place (laughs) thank you Carrie for being my guest and I love you love you too thanks
All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Hi, guys. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Carrie Coley Beasley and hope you found some encouragement as a mom, whether you have a child who's specially abled or if you're just a mom with kids and a busy life. And I hope you found it uplifting. Today, something sweet I want to share with you is an Amy Grant song called Better Than a Hallelujah. I'm going to put a link to the YouTube video in the show notes. And you'll really want to listen to this song and watch the video if you can. It's very moving and beautiful. And just a reminder that sometimes what God wants from us and sometimes the best thing that we can give is just an honest, true, even if ugly glimpse of who we really are and what we're really struggling with, letting God into our true selves. Sometimes that's the highest form of praise. So I hope you enjoy that song better than a hallelujah. I'll put a link in the show notes. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.